Hey up. How's it going? It's Matt, you listen to episode 141 of the Looking Sideways Action Sports Podcast. It's the show where I try and uncover the most interesting stories in action sports and other related endeavours. Thanks for listening. And if it's your first time listening to this one, nice one. Hope you enjoy it. All right, Mark Munson. Let's just get straight to it. Been a long time coming, this one. Been chatting about it for a couple of years, I'd say. We had hoped to do it in person, but in the end, you know, 2020, multiple UK lockdowns put paid to that. So Mark ended up sorting a mic out and we decided to just take care of it in like classic 2020 Zoom style, really. So if you don't know Mark, well, he's basically one of the biggest legends in UK skateboarding and um, also by extension snowboarding. It's that simple, really. In his 30-odd years of board riding, he's been there, seen it, done it, and basically set the standards that we all, you know, adhere to to this day, thanks to an uncompromising dedication to skateboarding and a personality that does define the phrase force of nature, which is which does come up a few times in the conversation, actually. Now, as I mentioned to Mark, I chatted to a lot of our mutual friends while prepping for this one, and the affection and respect that people have for Mark. He's really palpable. As one friend put it, he's got a fairly unique style of encouragement. I'd suggest it's something to do with Essex and it includes the word a lot. Sorry about that if you've got some bin lids in the car. Anyway, fuck, I enjoyed this one. Mark is a smart, funny fucker. He could talk the hind leg off a donkey, this lad. And he's got an amazing, enormous bag of stories and a hard-earned perspective that takes in everything beautiful and occasionally tragic about our little corner of the world, which basically makes him the dream guest in my book, which is one of the reasons I've been so looking forward to having him on the show. And yet he really didn't disappoint. It's a long one, this. It's a couple of hours. I always knew it would be, really. Um, So I'm going to keep this intro short, which I know plenty of people will be glad to hear. Um, But yeah, just, you know, listen in there's a lot of layers to this it's insightful it's sad at times poignant and frequently hilarious there's plenty of good stuff to take on board and some basically brilliant lines from a man who attacks life in the best possible way i'll be back at the end in the meantime is me and munson carpe diem enjoy recording wow there you go not not to like not to (laughs) not to like just throw you in there like right after after half an hour like technical two mics a trip to the garage and we're back in we're in the we're in the mix yeah that's funny yeah it's like all right like press press record now right bang there we go uh yeah how you doing really good actually yeah really good woke up to uh rain and then snow in the garden in Essex today. So we snowy uh, Essex. Yeah, really snowy Essex. Well, it's not snowy now; it's just slush. But um, yeah, we had about I don't know three inches this morning, which is a really thing. yeah, yeah. Like I, I was really shocked because um, we just got we've got a little baby with with a little girl. She's only six months old, and so like I congrats. Sort of yeah, she's going good, but she's just started to get some sleep pattern going and i've sort of like right. sometimes i'm upstairs sometimes i'm downstairs it just depends what the sleep pattern's going on and, <clears throat> and whatever's the best situation at the time and last night i was downstairs and it was really 
pouring down from about three in the morning. I could hear right. it just hammering, and I was like, Jesus Christ, it's going to be like basically I'm doing a big renovation. Um, and uh, part of that, I've just done piling, and I've, I've got a digger in the garden at the moment. We're doing the, the footings, and I we started two days ago, and then it rained, so it was like game over, right? And I was checking the weather this morning at half past three, going, is it going to be dry next week? Because I want to get the, I want to try and get it concreted before Christmas. It's one of my aims. Right. And um, it was raining. It was pouring. And I didn't say anything about snow on the weather weather app on my phone. And I wake up, look out the window. It's still dark. And it was white, like completely white. And I was like, no way. It's actually snowed here. You know, so we had a boys got pretty excited went out in the garden and had a little snowball fight and fight and whatever but um, no, uh, snow much. snow in england's great i just yeah. um i just like went on facebook I, I i look on facebook like once every two weeks to remind myself why i'm not on there yeah and uh, i got i got the reminder this morning which was last time i think it snowed in brighton where we went did the classic went snowboarding <laughs> went up to local yeah went up to the downs um a uh, little little clip of my mate hitting a little jump uh but yeah we haven't had it for a while down here yeah no, I, it's I'm rare just here. Than... we haven't had it for a year at least i've been in this house just over about a year and a half we didn't have any last year at all probably needed frost right. really last year so it's the first yeah but, um, just yeah, about so a bit of a weird just about, warming up. Up from, just about warming up from my surf anyway um oh uh, yeah coming back to life yeah the sheds the sheds kicking in the shed heater yeah so what what's the plan with the renovation then because i've been following along on insta and it looks like it's quite a mission yeah it's um well it's gonna be pretty incredible really the whole thing so basically my uh my wife my girlfriend my partner kate she's like she's basically a bit of a force of nature to be fair so she um it's got this plan of doing like when I when I first met her, I've been with her three and a half years or something. When I first met her, she was first date was like, "I'm buying a farm," and I was like, "No way! Why? What are you doing?" And then she's like, "I'm going to do an art farm. It's going to be art therapy stuff for kids, and there's going to be animals. It's going to be growing vegetables." And I was like, "Mate, that sounds amazing! How fucking cool! What a great idea!" And then like at the end of the first date, she was like, "So you're going to go half half each with me on this farm then?" And I was just like, I don't know, but like, I think we should have another date. It was good. And then, <laughs> and then three, three years later, we've sort of got a sort of small version of that. So we found this house with a bungalow. My mum and dad wanted to sell their house and move into a bungalow. This house had two and a half acres of land. It's right near a lovely woodland. It's a lovely setup. It's pretty close to where I grew up. And um, yeah, and it's just been like a mission. Like we've just been on a mission. So I sold my last business last year and i've just been cracking on with setting up new bits and then working on the house and the house is too small we both moved out of four bedroom detached and now we're in a two and a half bedroom chalet bungalow so we're doubling the size of it which will make it a family home and it just been left you know like the lady we bought it off was lovely and the area is amazing and um but yeah we just had we had a break in immediately we moved in there's no fence right in so we had to, like now we've got like a huge fence around the place really private now built with, we've got pigs we're gonna have goats horses pony got some raised beds growing veg and stuff 
and we can literally walk out. I can walk down the bottom of my garden and there's like a, a river called the Roman River, really ancient. Like it's a stream really in a lot of places, really shallow, but I catch trout, wild brown trout from there. It's amazing. Like it's just a, a great little setup, great place for the kids to grow up. And it's just a really cool, like it's not very far from the uh, A12, so I can get to London in an hour. I've got a little office down the road now, so like about, I don't know, five, six minutes from my house, I've got a, a separate little office in a cool space with some cool people around here as well. So you get to feed off of what's going on here as well. So, yeah, it's just, there's a lot of work going on, but like I've done it all before. Kate's done a bit. Kate did two renovations or three renovations before she met me. I've done the same. And now we're just sort right. of, we, we got the same sort of mindset. Like, let's just get shit done. You know, let's go. And um, yeah. Yeah. That, that's a, pun- that's a punchy first date shout. Yeah. Right, isn't it? You know, yeah. like, to, to just, to just throw that out there to be yeah. like, you know, going to, going to do the farm. What do you reckon? You want, yeah. How, 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 do you re- how do you react to that? I mean, <laughs> it's like, I was down at, yeah, I was just like, yeah, fuck, that sounds like an amazing idea. I was like, that sounds amazing. You should definitely do that. And um, and sort of now, like, so the the idea with what we're doing where we live, so like we're renovating the house so we can live in it, so it's big enough for all of us. And because um, at the moment it's not quite. And then we've got, basically we're converting two 40-foot containers, weld two together, being clad in wood, insulated, massive windows at the back. And that's going to be like a, a studio that can Kate can use for therapy with kids. So she does art therapy stuff. She's doing a she's in her final year of an MA doing um, psychodynamic counselling. So I'm uh, I've sort of been learning quite a lot about that, which is interesting. And uh, what, what's that? I don't know what that is. Basically, trying to like sort of work working out why we are the way we are. And work, finding out, like, analysing the behaviours and then you can feedback that and then hopefully help people with... I mean, I've had counselling myself and I found it amazing. So I was really open. I was like, wow, that's amazing. Like, and then she literally, she, she's, she's pretty mad. She's like, woke up with a hangover one day. It's like, fuck it, I'm going to do an MA, psychodynamic counselling. <laughs> you're like, what? Three years later, <laughs> she's in her last year, she's like going to schools and helping kids and... Yeah, she's a she's a bit of a force of nature, really. And um, wow, she sounds yeah. like a legend. Yeah, it's, she's she's really an incredible person to be around. To be fair, but yeah, so that's the plan. It's like the plan. Half of it, like I'm sort of going along for the ride a little bit, but also I love it because it's like this is amazing. Like I I wouldn't come up with these ideas. It's like I'm going to do this. I went. I want pigs. We've got pigs. We've got twenty chickens running around and. We might, we're growing vegetables. I've done a bit of these things before, but like, and then yeah. we just built this ridiculous treehouse that was massively over budget. But it's like part of it's, I think there's an element of it where both of us are like living, uh, like we're trying to create the, our childhood dream for our kids, but also in the process, it's sort of reliving our childhood as, at the same time. It's a, it's a rad process and it's just uh yeah, we, I think we're a pretty good combination, you know. She's she's really quite understanding of me being a psycho, um, <laughs> skate, skateboarding, relentless, you know, just a, I'm a bit of a... I can be hard work, I think, you know what I mean? But she's pretty good with uh, getting me in line. Well, you, 
you use the phrase force of nature, it probably applies to you as well, doesn't it, to be fair? Yeah, I think so, we're similar yeah. in a lot of ways. But we're, we're actually, in in some ways, I think we're, we're quite opposite, but that's a good a good way to be. Do you know what I mean? I think, like, I've yeah. got... I've got a different attitude to a lot of stuff and she's really nice and I'm not so nice, I guess, but like, I think there's a good combo. There. <laughs> we, both, we both learn stuff of each other, but yeah, it's good. Like, yeah. it's, it's just, it's been a cool process. We've been on it like for a, we've been in there about a year, a year and a half maybe. And like completely right. annihilated it. So there's lots of outbuildings there and um, like there was piggeries and stuff that were all just falling down. So they've all gone. There was a pond that didn't have any water in it. That's gone. Now we've got like trampoline in the garden for the boys, and and then there's a little dirt jump there that they use for when they bikes. And then we've got the pigs, and there's another pen for goats. And then we're gonna have horses and build stables. I don't know. It's just ongoing. Wow. And at the same time, how long time, is that gonna take? Another year. Like by the end of next year, the house. I I think, but but if we should be having Christmas dinner in the new bit of the new house and it finished next year. That's nice. If, if I can wangle it time-wise, you know, get it all right. Yeah. This, it sounds quite similar to, to my missus, to be honest. Like we were in France in September and, um, basically we were seeing my in-laws, they live in Normandy and we, we were there and, and like, long story short, we got, we got offered this bit of land with uh with a with a i'm gonna say farm but it's basically a barn sorry but it's it's like a ruin you know it's like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's like 300 year old cob wall barn yeah it's yeah. like the, the roof's caved in the walls are still there um anyway so we got off this bit of land and um i was i was i was the same i was a bit like wow okay and she's straight away she's like right we're gonna do this we're going to like, you know, we can have the studio here. We can like, she just had the vision like straight yeah, away. And I was yeah. a bit like, I was a bit like, yeah, all right. Fuck it. Let's yeah. do it. You know? Yeah. Um, unfortunately on that one, we're like mired in like French local legalities. So. Yeah, mate. Go, everything goes through the town hall. That's yeah, exactly. And whether, yeah. whether it'll happen or not, I don't know. But um, that's kind of like our plan for next year to try and Amazing. get that off the ground and, and, and try and, yeah, you know, probably not the scale that you're talking about, but try and try and get somewhere where we can, you know, live and work and like, yeah, just, a, just, that, just have a bit of a, bit of a change as well, really. Yeah. And a bit of space is lovely. I, I, that's what, one of the things that we had when we moved here, like both of us had like houses, detached gardens, you know, whatever. But this place is, you've actually got a chunk of land, you know, like you can, yeah. it takes you five, 10 minutes to walk around it you know and when we first got it it was all overgrown and it was like we got like 300 year oak trees in there like we built that tree house around this oak and it's like you know that roman soldiers have walked through our garden do you know what i mean you know they've caught yeah. trout from that river it's amazing it's just a cool like wildlife around there is insane like basically just at the bottom of my garden we walk out the back and we can go down and basically there's a huge woodland I guess three, four miles around and it's owned by the MOD and they use it for training. So we have like helicopters come over our house at like 50 meters above the house with a tank hanging underneath. It's like, like, whoa, like run out and go and see what they're doing. And they, they do exercises in the woods, you know, and it's like only like one day a week, 
And like every time right. they do it, you're like, Jesus, mate, they've spent like 200 grand today just like floating around pretend, playing soldiers in the woods. And they like, you yeah. go in there, I walk around their baby in like a little sling sometimes just to go so you get her to sleep. And you, so you walk around the corner, about 20 dudes like laying on the floor with guns, you know, like, <laughs> you like, go the other way, you know, oh, let's just walk, walk it up and take another path, you know. Classic. Just don't, don't fire anything. Don't know. I mean, obviously, shooting <laughs> each other, but it does make a noise. And I'm like, just don't fucking wake the baby, man. I'm just walking through, trying to get her to sleep. Just got yeah, to sleep. Yeah. I walk around the corner. There's like 20 soldiers on there, like, like flat on the floor. <laughs> Keep it quiet, lads. Keep it quiet. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, shh, like, and walk off in another direction. But yeah, it's a good, it's yeah. a cool spot, and it's um, yeah, it's just sort of nice. It's nice to have a I, like, I do like a project anyway but like to have something where it's like it's not entirely my vision but like i can see it's not it, to be fair what we're doing isn't exactly what kate was going to do but it's morphed into something different so ultimately what's going to happen it's going to be called Elle's garden which is like Elle is our little daughter so we're sharing her garden with the public but it's not open to the public but we're gonna i think the idea is kate's gonna do like one-on-one family sessions where she's like she observes kids with their parents or just on their own and has one-on-one and sometimes group therapy stuff so it's in the garden you would you can interact with the animals there's things in the garden that they can do which isn't like uh you know like a a farm a park farm or whatever go look at the animal it's not like that it's like it's more interactive more kid and family time and then she potentially is there with them and i don't know it's, it's all it like oh no it sounds it sounds amazing i mean it reminds me of like when you're talking about it, i've got a mate who's got a place in south devon near totnes and basically yeah. it's her old family farm and you know they run it i think it, I, I might be wrong but i think it's like an old dairy farm or something and um she took it over and she's turned it into like an art space basically so that she's she's you know create they do events they do courses they do yeah. people come and come and do like uh they'll have like residents that come in they'll have artists writers they do writers workshops whatever but it's it's brilliant and they've built up this like amazing local business that's been you know for them amazing because they get to live on this space and they get to actually have a really interesting life but also for the local area it's just you know you do when you do those type of things you just it attracts people in doesn't it you know yeah, it attracts totally. like Oh, there's nothing it, it like can, it. It's just a great, it great creates thing, a community, yeah. doesn't it? You know, around Definitely. it. Definitely. Which is which is one of the like the most interesting things about that type of thing. Yeah, sure. it's quite exciting to be part of it. To be fair, like it's like I, that's I think like from the like like you say like a out there on the first date, and I was just like, that sounds like who's going to do that? Like, like no. you're like, were you were you? scared off by that or were you just no, like, not yeah, at right. all i was like yes mate yeah. this is the type of person i like <laughs> someone's just doing yeah something. i mean that's what I've, that's what i thought but you 100%, know, definitely... i was even more i was i was already in i was already like yes no this is this is great and then yeah that was like yeah let's do this then i wasn't like immediately that like, okay, i'm gonna sell my house and let's go and buy a farm but like yeah. that took another i mean i did sell my house fairly quickly and then like blah 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 but we it, it was finding something that sort of fits the bill. But even though we're doing this now, we're already like, uh, I think we next one will be a bit more space, a few more animals. Right. Maybe, yeah, you'll be doing it. You'll, I don't know. You'll, you'll keep doing it. You'll keep doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's part of the thing, isn't it? It's part of 
who you are really just plow on yeah exactly got got the engine got the engine yeah, keeps driving sure. it yeah but you mentioned you mentioned the businesses and um obviously i know you free skateboarding and, and particularly snowboarding and um i didn't really realize about the whole fishing thing that you because right. i've been talking to your mate gareth quite a lot after you introduced uh, okay us. no way yeah 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 we've become pretty pally and um and what uh, for me i know i'm probably gonna sound like such a punter here but like it's just amazing like seeing this whole world that i knew nothing about yeah and like he and what he's doing for example like with the the books and the magazine you know like the, yeah, the creative yeah, yeah. stuff around it is really impressive you know i was yeah. i was really blown away i was like right okay that's the thing like there's people doing basically what we've done through snowboarding 100%. skating or whatever yeah there's people doing that in that world which is amazing so i'll I, I, I take it you kind of grew up fishing and like that's always been an interest you've had has it yeah sort of uh, yeah I've, I've been fishing since i was like nine and um i went with my uncle like my dad didn't fish but like i went and i was just hooked loved it um and just I guess by that was the first thing like I played football and stuff like that before. And I still did that, but I was like, I got into fishing and I wasn't like, like I, I'd go fishing at any opportunity. Like and I fished for everything. And then I started match fishing, which is like you're in a competition, you have a minimal amount of time and then you've got to catch as much as in weight as possible. So you can fish for big fish or small yeah, fish. I've, and, I've fished, I fished when I was a yeah. kid. Like, you know, my family all oh, fish. Yeah. So so I so I did that. I started doing that, and then um, yeah, I've always fished. And then, but I then skateboarding came, and they, I sort yeah. of knocked me on the head for years. And I got back into fishing through a mate. And after injuries, I had pretty major injuries through skate and snow. Where I had knee surgeries, broke my leg, and I was just like, I can't do anything right now. I'm just in rehab, but I can go fishing. So I started fishing again. And that's how I ended up working or doing businesses in fishing. Because I was working at the time in skate and snow, but I was just like, they're already being done pretty well. Like, and then I, I just, I, I was getting to the point where I wanted to do something myself. And that's how it ended up happening. It was no, there was no grand plan. Like there still is no grand plan. I'm just doing what <laughs> I do. You know? I have yeah. no clue what I'm And doing. what, so like, when you, so when you would, when you were doing the businesses, you were like, did did you did you try did you think like, all right, well, I can approach it the way that I've approached things through skate and snow? Hundred percent. Uh, like the first brand that I did was um, in 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 fishing was called DM um, D I E M and make like a play carp, on words. Carp, 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 yeah, Young told me that. Yeah. Phil Young told me that, and I was like, "That is the best fucking name ever." That is brilliant. yeah. So, and that that is now owned by Sports Direct. <laughs> sports Direct, you can buy it in every Sports Direct. That so, uh, but that brand essentially was my first, well, first fishing brand. I did do a, I did play with a brand years ago, like eighty nine, ninety in skate with a mate, right? And that uh, we sort of made some teas, did some bits, and it didn't. It, we didn't know what we were doing we did a bit and then that, that sort of just but that was my first effort of then or first like endeavor in that sort of field i guess but then yeah. the, the dm thing i was just like i'd i'd started properly fishing again at that point so i was skating hard 
still, I wasn't doing seasons then. I'd stopped doing seasons. Um, and I was more skate focused. But I was traveling all the time for skate. And the best times of year for fishing and not the summer anyway, when you do most of your skate and when you're traveling. Um, and um, I was just noticing every single dude that was out there fishing was wearing Vans or Carhartt or Animal, anything that was green or camo, skate related, yeah. they were wearing it. So I was just like, someone's got to fucking do a brand for these dudes. And then I, there was no one doing it. There was one really cheesy brand that was clearly created by some marketing guy. And it was called Aficionado. It was horrible. <laughs> like it, it was just, I was just like, who the fuck's going to wear that? I'm fucking you know? loving these. I'm loving these puns. This is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, <laughs> like you, you're, it's funny because you've start, you've stumbled into fishing from the best end, you know, like you've met Gareth through me, whatever. Gareth is like the top level of creative guy. Oh man. Ever, it's like, ever it's, been it's, in it's, fishing. I- it's it's proper like that, yeah, that magazine. It, it, it would be it's... proper in surf. It would be proper in skate. Yeah. It would be proper in any industry. Like he's a, yeah. And I've worked with like so when I started DM, I was like I didn't know Gareth. I don't know any of the like ink. Like DM was basically essentially a fishing brand, but predominantly aimed at carp fishing. So carp fishing in Europe is like the biggest form of fishing in the states. It's bass or you know some other and predator fishing. But um, in Europe, carp has the biggest following, really. And I right, was another sorry, sorry, sorry. Another point of question because I'm interested. Yeah. Why, why, why carp? Uh, because predominantly carp get bigger than the other fish, right? right? So the biggest fish in the lake are carp. Sometimes pike, but generally carp get big, and people want to catch big fish. And like in in the states, there's big carp, but no one really cares. They just more predator dominated so i mean we're in europe so i I put this brand together and my idea was just make a skate brand for fishermen like make it cool graphic design like so the designs are like quite graphical rather than just a logo there was the logo is important but then i also i'm looking at every dude that it's like at that point it's probably like 70 30 maybe 80 20 still but like men to women in fishing it was probably 90, 10, maybe even 95 guys. And I based all the marketing on basically like similar to what Hubber did in car, in skate without the strippers, more taste tasteful. But with yeah. girls, you know, I wouldn't do it again. It's like the time. But like at that point, yeah, like yeah. 15 years ago, whatever, yeah. I'm like, that's going to grab the attention of every guy who picks that magazine up. We were at, it was that yeah. at that point there was no internet like marketing really uh, and that worked yeah. and everyone was like whoa what's this brand check it out the product was good it was snowboard jackets but like way cheaper waterproof breathable yeah yeah it's exactly it's it's based on snowboard products uh, hoodies t-shirts you know we ended up doing footwear um, you know and it killed it like there there was never a brand like it you know it was I knew. It, I knew it was ready for something like that, and because yeah. uh, I could just t- I could tell, you know, like, I remember going fishing with my dad one day on a local lake near me, and there was a dude about I don't know three swims up, like fifty meters up, and he was like head to toe in like a brand, a fishing brand, Nash. It wasn't very nice, like a Nash tracksuit, Nash, 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 and I literally pointed to him and said to my dad, "Dad's the target market," 
And like yeah. a year later, that guy was head to toe in DM. Same guy. That's that's you know? amazing. Yeah, and because they were never like it's not like I was doing something revolutionary. I just was doing what skateboarding has done twenty years ago. You know, and yeah. now. Uh, if you look in if you look in fishing now, it's crazy. Like there's like fifty brands, little brands that are doing what I tried to do or did, you know. Right. And uh, so it, it smashed it. I, I led to it, but it was early days of internet, really, as well. Selling it's two thousand and nine or something. There was you were selling stuff online, but not anything like now. And I think the first year, I was like, I'm going to launch this brand, and then. Um, We'll do it in England, and if it works, then we'll look at going to Europe. Well, the internet doesn't let you do that anymore. If you put a brand out there, it's worldwide straight away. So within six yeah. months, I was selling in four countries. Within a year, we're in 18. And I've gone from, like, the Duff's team manager, where I'm just going skateboarding and having a good time every day with my <laughs> friends, to going, what the fuck? Like, you know, what do I do here? Like, I've got yeah, this guy. Right. Germany, from Russia, from Czechoslovakia, they all want this brand. And I'm like, uh, and I'm like, it was a baptism of fire, man. You know? Yeah, I bet. But um, it was good. You know, I how enjoyed did you, it. How did, you, how did you cope with that then? Did you have like people that you could sort of, because no. obviously you've got such a such long experience in the skate game. But yeah, that's a different beast, that in it, to, to sort of, yeah, to like yeah. go from industry it, kind of jobs it's suddenly like right fuck there's a brand that's quite hot like how do we scale it kind of thing yeah and we didn't scale it very well that's the issue so it did it did we got to a point very quickly we had a huge market share when the market was tiny you know and um the brand like it for, if, as a branding exercise tick 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 it really worked you know as a business not so much you know like it worked in the respect that we turned over quite a bit of money and we, you know, I might, don't get me wrong. Like I wouldn't change it. I mean, I would, I'd be, if I, if I, I, I learned so much that it gave me the opportunity to start another brand and then, you know, move on. And I wouldn't have done it if I hadn't have done that. But yeah, in hindsight, so many things. So I'm just saying bye to someone. Um, yeah. So many things that I did wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like you like, fuck. yeah. If we did that, like I should have walked away with a lot of money from that brand. And I didn't because it was very disorganized as a business. It was outwardly fantastic as a brand. But first forte into it, I had a partner. I didn't even know him before I started that brand. You know, I didn't even know how I was going to do it. I just like, I've got this thing. And I went for a meeting about Duff's. I was the Duff's team manager at the time, footwear brand, and a random guy that a friend of mine is a bit out there always coming out with crazy shit it was like oh, I've, I've met this Chinese guy you need to meet him and I was like why you <laughs> like, makes clothes you can make Duff's clothes and we could take a cut and I'm like I don't even know where we make the clothes you know like he was like so I set a meeting up let's do it and we went there and in the pub before the meeting I said oh I'm doing this fishing brand and he was like no fucking way that looks sick and then had the meeting about Duff's and right at the end of the meeting he was just like Show him a fishing brand. And I was like, oh, yeah, I said that I'm doing this thing. I just a trademark was about, I was going to do it. It was happening, but I just didn't really have the vehicle. And then these dudes were production guys making, you know, product. And um, over the next month, they basically put an offer on the table. It was like, 
they kept calling me and kept emailing me saying, oh, I'll come and have a meeting about, you know, and I was like, who's this? And I was like, they're going to fucking put an offer on the table so they can fund DM. And I, I, I was in the back of my mind, I was like, I hope they do because I haven't got a clue what the fuck I'm going to do, you know? Right. And then I'm like, we'll fund it. You do whatever you want. And I'm like, that's exactly how I like to work. Do you know what I mean? Because I've been really yeah. lucky in my skate and snowboarding. Sounds even. ideal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I know what to do with that. So, yeah. Fine. But ultimately, um, yeah, it was a great learning curve. And it, it really, like, I knew it was, it, I knew we were on to saying, like, because I'm a, I'm a bit of a brand nerd anyway. Like, it doesn't look like it or what I wear, but I am a nerd when it's it comes to... Get, it's just part of the game, though, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, skateboarding, like... especially. It's like you're constantly bombarded with cool shit, aren't you? You know, like, and it's yeah, the best. You... Shape, shapes your taste, doesn't it, basically? 100%. And also, it's quite diverse. Like, the, I think the, the best thing, like, from the biggest advantage to me is I'm a skateboarder, ultimately. I've snowboarded. I've I surfed really badly. But I am a skateboarder, and my mentality is a skateboarder. So try something and fail is not failing. It's just try it until you do it. So that's the same attitude that I've got with the businesses. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, well, fuck it. I'll just do it. You know, no one's doing it, so I'll do it. And that's how it sort of came about. But, yeah, it's pretty – there was no plan. There's no, like, oh, I'm going to go to uni and learn how to do a business. Like, fuck. Yeah, of course, yeah. That's that's amazing. So that, and you said Sports Direct now own that, yeah. As in my cash, as in my yeah. cash league, yeah, yeah. You guys, so crazy. You, you, I didn't sell it to them. Then. No, I sold right. it to my former partner, and then right, just like nosedived after I left because there was no one driving it. And then it, he and my cash league did his usual thing, which is basically sit there and wait for something to flounder so long that the guy who owns it will just basically give it to him. Yeah, and then he, he's got a legit name that is resonates with a certain demographic, which that does. But what's yeah. crazy now, I go into Sports Direct and buy a pair of wellies or something for my boys, and there's like a, a whole setup, like a rod, a reel, floats, leads, whatever, DM. Right. Yeah, it's just no like, way. it's fucking crazy. You know? And my guy, like, that was my, I drew that logo. Like, that's, that's wow. what was mine. It's, yeah, it's pretty... Like it, it, it reminds me because when I was a tiny kid, when I was nine years old, that I'd look at those things in wherever Argos at the time in the catalog and go, "Oh, it's the full set." Yes, yeah, that get the, like, the catalog. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was that. But, so what? Yeah, so what are you? So, so and then so you, and then you set up another one after that. Yeah, so I sold that. Like basically, I tried to do a buyout, which is I would get full control over it. Uh, I had some guys who were going to come in and help me run the brand. And um, I, I spent eight months trying to do this deal back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it was fucking painful, you know, like in it, cause I was the brand, it was my baby. And all the way through, like these dudes who were coming in to fund the, the project were like, just can it start another one. And I was like, no, right. no, no. And I just, I held on for like six months longer than I should have. And every month went by the brand's struggling because it didn't have stock and the it's a long story, but basically it became really impossible to move it forward without buying my old partner out. He said, right. yes, right at the last minute said, no, end up with like a 25 grand lawyer's bill and no brand and walked Ouch. away. And at that point, my 
son was about to be born. I just bought a house that was half finished. And I'm like, right, I've got no job. I've got no money. I've got no business. I need to get my shit together and start again. And I was like, right, I'm starting a new brand straight away. And then, but I had done something in fishing in that four year period that no one had done before. And I'd like connected with, because I'd done it in a way, in the, the only way I know is like, who are the cool dudes? I want to find that. Like, I know who they are. I can see them. Like Gareth is one of them. And I was like, I'm going to find them. And that none of them had seen anything like it. It was hard, actually, a little bit harder than I thought it would be because fishing's quite backward in the way that they don't collaborate with other brands. When you're on one brand, you're on it, all of it. You know, you use the hooks, right. the bait, you use the bait. It's like bullshit. Like, whereas yeah. skaters and snowboarders and surfers can have four sponsors. And it was yeah. okay. But in fishing at that time, they didn't like that. They were like, no, you're on this and you can't wear that and blah, blah, blah. And so it was it was tough in a way, but I, I sort of, I don't know, my way of doing it was the right way to do it, you know? And I ended up, as soon as I left, all the stores were like, you've got to do a new brand. You've got to bring a new brand. And I'm like, I'm bringing a new brand. Like, fuck, I needed to. I had no money. I had to do something. And I, I was like, <laughs> I, I, but also, I've, I've, not, I've already just had the taste of doing my own thing. So the last thing I'm going to do is go and get a job. Like, yeah, I'm pretty you can't, do, you can't, you can't go back. No. Can't go back. Oh, I've been unemployable for years, but luckily it's just sort of worked out in all of the, like, yeah. the, skate, the snow stuff. So, I, yeah, I've worked. And within, I think it was 11 months of me selling DM, I had Navitas, which was the next brand, in stores all over Europe. It was like from nothing to that in stores. I think the trademark was just coming back as it was already putting going into stores. And um, and then I had that for eight years. And that one, like, is owned by my former partners. I, saw, I left last year and sold it to them on my part. And that's still still doing pretty well. Like it's in, I think we're in, they were in 16 countries or 18 countries. That sells in Go Outdoors. So I, and I, but... It was just the right time for me. Like I built that thing. I really wanted to go outdoor with it. You know, I really, I had a couple of sort of moves towards doing a, an outdoor division of it, which is what I ultimately wanted to do. And at both points, I had three buyouts in that eight years. So I had a partner, not because I'm a fucking nightmare to work with, mainly because, uh, <laughs> um, which I'm not, by the way. Um, my first partner, <laughs> I, well, he owned uh, a huge fishing company and he'd seen what right. I'd done with DM and he heard I was yeah. starting something and we had a meeting. It was like 10 minutes long and he was like, how much do you need? I was like, blah, blah, blah. When do you need it now? And he's like, yep, go for it. There's the guy. Talk to him. Set it up. And that was, we had four meetings in two years and I built that brand a similar way where I had a bit more support, but it was still basically mine to do whatever I wanted to. So I was like, um, we got it out there quick. The product was good. It, I'd elevated it. So I'd gone in at a, not an entry level, but like the price point, the price, the price point in fishing is really frustratingly low because they've never had good product. Like in fly fishing, it's really high because you've got, you're against the elements. You know, you don't yeah. have a UV, you don't have a tent. You can't hide away. You're standing in a river fly fishing and, and it's, you need shit that works, you know, yeah. carp fishing. If it rains, you go in a tent. You know, if it's raining and you've got a bait up or you've got to put your rods out, you get wet and you hang your, hang your jacket up afterwards. 
they just is it accept- a bit like is it a bit like the difference between like American and British camping? Do you know what I mean? Like you go, yeah. you know, the states, the the way they do the outdoors in the states is like the kit's great, it's pretty grand in it, you know. Whereas over here, everyone's buying like tents from Argos, aren't they? And, yeah, you know, I just kind of if it sort- rains, we're gonna get wet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Is, it that, is, it, is it that sort of thing? Like a little that? bit, but I think part like, there's two elements of it. Like there are brands now, since of what I've done, that do higher end product and it sells to a small demographic that want good product. But yeah. the, the, the problem in fishing is you've got, um, you've got a real diverse amount of people, a real diverse demographic, demographic of people who go fishing. And well, the, num- like, the numbers are crazy, aren't they? Oh, I mean, it's, it's millions of it's people, the, isn't it? Yeah, it's the biggest participation sport in the UK, which is a, a stat you hear a lot, and that is fucking mind blowing, isn't it? Yeah, when you, when you set it against like golf, football, yeah. like all those things, exactly. There's a lot of people doing it, and, uh, and it's really diverse. So, you could have you know, like on any lake at any time, you've got like every walk of life all standing next to each other, but they all like there's still like. They're not, they've never had, or they didn't have before when I started doing what I was doing, and now it's better than that. Um, it's, all, it's just it started the process in the right direction, basically. And um, now there's better product. And now people will spend a bit more money. And right now, you, you don't see, you, if you go fishing now, you don't see people on the bank who aren't really wearing fishing clothing. They all wear yeah some form of fishing clothing whether it's a hoodie or a hat or a jacket or whatever but it's a it's a valid normal thing whereas when i started yeah yeah, it was like jeans and a t-shirt a couple of brands that were already in it fox nash those guys would have a range but it would be a logo on a green hoodie or t-shirt there was no styling to it there was no fashion element there was no thought process you know just like well we just need a hoodie chuck that one out you know, there was no, yeah. let's make this cool, you know? Yeah, you must have been rubbing your hands, though, when you realised. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, you knew. You knew because you've been in it your whole life. But, like, that is a, that's an amazing opportunity, that, isn't it? You know, 100%. Like, to, to I have, mean, to, yeah. To have a market like that where you've got so many people and everyone's just kind of pooled along doing their thing for so yeah. many years. And suddenly you can you can be like, hang on. There's, yeah. there's a different way of doing this. And it's not about, like, trying you know, make a fast book or anything. It's just like, no, you can actually do this in a really nice way. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think um, from what, yeah, that's exactly how I saw it. I was just like, it, and people would say to me when I, after I put DM out and also Navitas, they're like, oh, you must be well chuffed when you see people wearing it. I'm like, I, I, not really. I, I'd wear this shit. Like if, if it wasn't me and someone else had done this and I saw it, I'd be like, that's fucking cool. I'd wear that. You know, like yeah. it's not like it's not a surprise to me that people bought it because it yeah. was all right. It was decent. You know, it was better than yeah, what yeah. was out there. So, <laughs> you know, but you're right. It's it's a, it was a huge opportunity. And I I always say that it's like to have a market of that size without really strong players in it. And for me, who hasn't got a fucking clue to have to walk into that market and grab it by the scruff of the neck and say, I'm having this market now. You, where are you going to do that? What other markets yeah. can you do that in nowadays? You can't. Like, you I mean, can't. it's like, I'm saying nowadays, it's a long time ago, but it's crazy. Yeah, yeah that's that's great. So, you, was, so you've just, 
so you've just um but you've just sold the last one a year ago so what what's the plan now then what are you going to do now so i basically sold it like i think september and then i, I immediately set up um so i've got a sourcing company now so basically over the last i know eight ten years i've done all the sourcing so i find the factory design the product you know work on the the whole process of production back and forth samples blah 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 approvals all this shit as well as size breaks and you know the whole back end shit that people don't want to don't even know exists i did all of that for navitas the whole thing so rather than me just going oh well i like this and this hoodie's quite nice should we do something like that i'm like the whole process so i've been doing that and i did quite a lot of collaborations for navitas as well which we hadn't no one had ever done before and in that process it was like these brands are literally coming to me like i might be the owner of navitas but they're coming to me personally going can you do this with me right you know we want to sort of capitalize on your quality product and yeah. bringing those two brands together and like you say like i'm from skateboarding collaboration and snowboarding collaboration in those sports are normal and it's, it's a cool do, isn't it yeah, it's a cool yeah. thing. Like it's a nod to the other brand going, "Yeah, fuck you. We like what you do." Whereas in fishing, yeah. they're like, "We don't like anybody else's shit. You've got to buy only ours." You know, and I was just like, yeah. "Oh, that's not how it works for me." So I did that, and then when I left Navitas, I was like, "I set up sourcing, and then people can come to me, and I'll source product and help." So I do sourcing. So I, at, at the moment, I've got like four companies or five, something I don't remember, but like. The main one is sourcing. <laughs> I've got a lot of things going on, Matt, as you can. <laughs> I was about um, to say. <laughs> I'm trying to work I haven't out. Started talking about sk- not even been talking about skateboarding yet. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, I do sourcing. So I make stuff for other brands. They come to me and go, I want to do this. My, brand, my company's called Ethica. So we're trying to do ethical sourcing, you know, responsible. All my factories I know personally. I'm not interested in doing cheap cheerful shit i'm not that's not my thing and trying to do recycled fabrics as much as possible organic cottons you know people get paid correctly i you know work supporting small factories as well you know so and i've built up a really good network of factories and i'm just now working at the moment i've got about 15 brands i'm working bits with and some some are in fishing some are outside some are bigger some are smaller but um yeah, it's interesting. So some of those projects, I'll be, I'll come in and design with them, or some are just like, "Can you make this?" And I'll yeah. find like people. So it's good combo. So I'm doing that, and then I've got I don't know three, four brands, four underway, three out there sort of now. By the time this comes out, there'll be three out of them, out of the four out. So I've got. Um, I've did this fun little project, Essex Unofficial, where it's just like yeah, Essex I saw that. Pride. Yeah, that was just yeah, yeah. That was two months ago in lockdown. Going fuck, uh, my friend Pauli, you probably know Nick um, from. Skate I don't Farm. know him actually. I know, I know I know who he is, but I don't. I've never met him. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a cool dude. So we've been friends for a long time, and I always go to Margate to see him, hang out, whatever. And in his shop, the skate skate farm. These Margate unofficial tees, and they're all, they're rad. And I end up buying them every time. Like, I don't even like Margate, but I like I just like the tees. And I was just like, <laughs> we should do that. Like we should do we should do that for Essex. Someone should do that because 
I've been putting the trip, the free swords on my skateboards for like 25 years, like a stencil. Yeah. And like loads of dudes from around here, like got the free swords tattooed and triple sword was like the shop around here that we had at our skate park or whatever. And I was like, if anyone's going to do it, I should do it. And I just did yeah. it as like a little fun thing. So that's not like a brand. It's just like a little fun project that's out and it's do- like it launched like two weeks. I didn't even mean to launch it. I sent it to too many people and one of them shared something and I was like, Fuck, yeah, I'm gonna put it out there now. And I sold, <laughs> like, I don't know, we, we sold quite a lot of bits and we didn't even have any stock. I hadn't even ordered it. It was just on the site and I just made it live so I could play with the site. And it's, that's what it started selling. So I've got that Essex unofficial. We've got, I've, I've done a brand with John Horner, the artist, um, skate artist who's amazing. So it, we were doing a brand, me, John, and Ben Ramers, and yeah. we were going to do a, a, a brand, and we worked on that for a while, and then on, obviously Ben died, and we were like, we can't carry on with that. So we've 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 set a new, we've done a new project together, and that's called Vermin, or We Are Vermin. That launches right, like a skate brand, skate streetwear. It's pretty rad. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Cool characters. John's fucking incredible. So been working with him like watched him go off in a crazy direction for like six months and we've dragged him back into making a brand out of it and it's sick so i'm looking forward to that and then i'm also doing i'm part owner of uh lgsc the london girl surf club so that's like oh yeah that's with um kylie and carl yeah yeah right okay yeah yeah because he he's a really close friend of yours right yeah yeah yeah. he's mates with like him and ben like you were sort of there growing up they were the kids that you were sort of mentor to right totally totally yeah 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 yeah. so um they were already doing i didn't realize i didn't realize you were involved in that as well right yeah only recently like the last six eight months so i've always seen it as a brand and obviously they've they've started doing the things and they started doing trips they're really successful doing surf trips for girls Ah, it's a really cool it's a really cool idea and and they've done it really well yeah yeah and it's been really successful and i'm like you've got to do some apparel with this make this a proper brand and so there's sort of two parts of the business i'm involved in the apparel side and the trips is runs on its own in a different way obviously covid's created havoc this year for that side of the business but we're about to launch the new site and it'll be a bit more coherent a bit but it's a great like it's really great concept and also i like what kylie's and carl have been trying to do with it with the inclusivity of it and sort of disrupt the surf idea of who should be going surfing or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's fucking rad. You know, like that's a yeah. great story. And it sort of fits well with what I'm trying to do with my stuff. And, you know, like we're just trying to do the right thing. And I think so that that's quite exciting as well. So I've got those three going on and we've got one more coming, which I can't say anything about yet because we haven't got the trademarks going on yet, but that's good. But yeah, it's great. Like it's, I'm good with projects. I'm quite good at juggling the balls, you know. Time. What time do you get up in the morning? I know. I know. Obviously, you've, oh, at you've the got, moment it can um, be any time between three yeah. and about. Six. Well, that's 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 quite a that's a lot of plates. Yeah, but I'm, I. I mean, I'm I'm someone that likes to keep busy, but even I'm a bit like fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think if you my my experience is well, put it this way with DM and Navitas. If you look at those brands, if you went to look at if you look at Navitas online right now, I would say ninety percent of what you see was done by me. 
like the web, yeah. the Insta, the product, the photos, the blurb, the barcode, you name it. I'm juggling all those balls for one brand. That's basically like juggling some of the balls for four brands, you know? Yeah. And like my insight, I've like, what I'm trying to do, Matt, is really is to do what I'm good at rather than do everything, you know? Yeah. And so That's I'm an not- important lesson, that, isn't it? You know, as you get yeah. older, it's definitely an important thing that you, it, I don't know if you're like me, but it's took me a while to, I'm, I'm either going to say accept that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like sometimes you got to know when you just like, I can, I'm good at this. I can do this and I can spread that across a lot of different things and you don't need to do everything, you know, like, and it's probably, it's probably going to be more beneficial if you, if you don't really yeah. well that personally that took me a long time to to sort of not even accept just like get my head around really you know yeah what I, mean? I think Un- understand my, yeah it's hard i think from my perspective i i didn't really have any choice because i did have partners but when you're like i'm the yeah i don't know you might be the same but like my i'm my own worst enemy in the respect that if something needs doing and someone else is meant to do it and they're just doing a shit job i'm just like just go <laughs> I'll do it. You know, like, and in the end, I could scope. I'll just do that. I'll just do that. I'll just do that. And in the end, I'm fucking doing everything, you know? And like the whole idea of having that network and support is sort of out the window because it's like no one's really doing it how I need it to be done. And and it's not good. It's not good. Like you can do it. I mean, I've shown that you can do it, but you can't do it anywhere near as you as well as you could with that support network and delegating but then also, I, I also see it in other people and go, you're delegating too early. Like, you need to understand this shit, you know? Like, I, like yeah. for me, you need to be a practitioner. You need to you need to know how to do the Facebook, Insta, ads, marketing, shoot the photos, do the website. If you start delegating all that shit too early, you're going to get ripped off left, right, and center. Because someone's like, oh, how long is that going to take? You're like, whoa, hundreds of pounds, hundreds of pounds, hundreds of pounds. You're like, get away. That's like two hours work. There's no way I'm paying you that. So if you know how to do it, like it might be me two, three hours work, or it should be you half an hour. Or if it's me for a day and me on Photoshop, I don't want to do that. I can do it, but it's a really slow, laborious process. It's a waste of my time. So finding the people to do those things is important, but you're right. It is hard, especially when it's your baby. Like when it's your yeah. thing and you can see it's not being done as well as you think it should be done. Like I'm really shit. Like I know, I, I guess I'm, I, I have been guilty in the past of not putting my foot down and going, look, we need someone to do that. I just gone, oh, I'll just do it myself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. That, that's probably one of the things that I haven't done as well as I should have, but that's part of well, the reason just, I'm doing what I'm doing now. F- just get frazzled though as well don't you if you do that because that's like a that's a lot of you know obviously somebody that don't mind taking a lot on but everyone's you know do you take too much on for you i mean is that a habit no you know i don't know i i haven't been there yet like i i do i i think if you don't have a day every week going what the fuck am i doing you're not doing enough do you know what i mean like that's in my head. Like, like I, I, I'm not like. If you ask Kate, you would definitely. If 
things grind to a halt and I'm not able to do things, I'm start losing my shit. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I need to progress. Like it's like skate, snow, whatever I'm doing. It's like, I just want to learn new shit. Like I want to learn how to do, yeah. run a business better than I did last year. I want to learn how to be a better dad. I want to learn how to, you know, whatever, you know, like whatever it is, like, even skate now, if I'm fucking 50 years old, I want to go skate. I, I don't cruise. I can't. It's not in my head. Like, it's just don't work. Like, I'm either going to do something or I might as well not start, you know? It's hard mentality to get out, isn't it? You know, like, when you've got that mentality, like, don't get me wrong, I see loads of dudes my age just cruising around and having a great time. But I just don't seem to have a good time when I'm cruising around. It just doesn't work. You know, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? You know? Yeah. Where can I let's just jump out onto that wall and back in and whatever? I don't, you know, it's like my <laughs> brain is like telling me to do something. I've got to do something, you know. I don't is know. That, I don't know that, if that's good or bad. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I guess it's, I guess it's both in it because obviously, you, you know, clearly from what you're saying, you understand yourself really, really well, which is half the battle, isn't it? But then at the same mm. time, like if you've got those standards that drive you. That that can be quite hard for the people to live up to sometimes. Hundred percent. Which can which can obviously create problems, especially if you're doing things like running businesses with friends and um I mean you know, whatever, skating or snowboarding, surfing, whatever, it's different in it, because that's that, that's 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 the outlet that it needs, you know. But yeah, I mean I can recognise that in stuff that I've done, like yeah. um not understanding when I need to maybe not be like that for the do you know what i mean like that, that again for me that's something that i've had i've had to learn so i guess it's just, to answer your question i'd say it's good and good and bad isn't it yeah. obviously good because good because it'll drive things and obviously you've just you know you've 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 succeeded on loads of levels all the things that you're talking about but yeah i, I think that does come with a bit of collateral damage sometimes doesn't it like that, that kind of approach definitely it's it, i think it's I don't know. I, I'm probably my worst critic anyway. So if you think I'm being harsh with you, like, you know, in that, that type of environment, like, forget about it. It's way worse for me. Yeah. Like, I'm just saying yeah, what yeah. I think. If you don't like <laughs> it, that's going on in my head all the time about what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm the worst guy ever for that. Like, nothing's good enough. Why? Even when it's good. Like, I know it's good. But, like, it could have been better. I think anyone's yeah. got it. If, you know, if you're not like that, you're never going to achieve shit. You know, you've got to have that mentality to go, well, at, but also I think you've all, one big thing that I really try and uh, make people realise is you've got to put stuff out. If you don't, like, you can have the yeah, best idea. that's massive. It's massive. It's huge because so many, I know so many incredibly talented dudes and girls that could be unreal. Well, they are unreal. But they just never finish something that they're happy enough with to go, I'll put that out there. You've got to start yeah. somewhere, man. Just put it out. And then once you've done that, it's it's game on. You can do something. Yeah. Done you know, is better than perfect. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's a hard I think when you've got I mean, I'm I'm like I say, I'm a harsh critic of myself and pretty much everybody else, but I also <laughs> think that you need to put stuff out there, you know? And if you put, like, if you're putting stuff out there, the people who criticise you when you're putting stuff out there are people that don't put stuff out there. 
Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's easy to sit in your armchair and say, oh, well, that's shit. That's whatever. Like, you're not doing it. So you can't even comment. If you're doing it and you've got criticism, great. But if you're not, most of the people that really criticize dudes or girls for doing stuff don't do stuff, you know? So they're not the people to listen to anyway. So, but yeah, that's, I think that's the, my, I've got a lot better, you know? I think in the last five years, I haven't got any mellower, I don't think. I've just got better at being a bit more of a listener and understanding that not everyone's a psychopath like me. Do you know what I mean? Just well, like, that, yeah, oh, I mean, that's, oh. that's the thing, that not everyone's like that. And if you've got them, if you've got them standards when you're younger, it can be frustrating, can't it? Yeah. You know, to, yeah. to, to see, especially when you see people that, I, I guess when if I look at it, I've been guilty of that, of like, just try to drag people sometimes who I, who I think are not fulfilling the potential. Yeah. And, um, and I've kind of realized like, you know, maybe what they think is successful is just not what I think is successful. Uh, yeah. Which is, I find that quite painful though. Yeah. Me I too. do exactly that. And you're like, <laughs> do you not, can you not see what you're fucking capable of, man? Come on, do this. I mean, you're yeah. right. Yeah. I, I, I I totally agree, man. That is exactly how I see it. And it's very yeah. you're like, like you're more capable than me. You you should be doing these things. I shouldn't. I see that all the time. You know. Yeah. Well, like you say, it's the, it's it's the work thing, and it? it's getting it done. That's where you actually. Yeah, I mean, I was super guilty of that when I was younger, though. Like you know, because because obviously, if you're going to be creative and try and put stuff out, it's ego in it. You know, it's like it takes it a lot of ego. It takes it takes like a lot of. Yeah, like you know, I, what I'm gonna do is like you should listen to this because it's you know you know what I'm talking about. And yeah, 100%. like equally, your ego tells you that it might be shit, so you have to get past that thing and like that conundrum of like, oh shit, but what if it's shit? And what if people don't like it? And that that is yeah. tricky. And that, that sounds like you've probably never really had that, but I I certainly had that when I was younger. You know, oh, I um, definitely have it. I still have it now. I still well, you just now. get yeah. through it. You just, yeah, you just push just through like, it. Well, the only way you can tell is by doing it. So you've got to do yeah. it to find out. Like, I don't know. Skateboarding's the best, isn't it? Like that that for me is the best thing ever in my entire life. Because for for me to achieve stuff. Because firstly, it's you and it. No one can teach you to be good at it. You've got to want to get good at it. And then it fucking hurts. So when it hurts, <laughs> like, you want to do this? Like, I love it because it's like, it's every time it hurts you on the most stupid thing normally, not on the gnarliest thing you've ever done, it's like silly stuff and it takes you out and you're just like, it's just like a little nudge in the, you know, in the ribs going, you want to really do this, do you? Come on then, do it or don't. Just give up. Give up now. Give up now. That's what it's saying to you. Just give up. Just stop this. This is stupid. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck you. No, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And that, like, that's how my brain works on every, I know it's simplistic, but that's seemingly how my brain approaches everything. Do you know what I mean? It's like anything that's like, not, not, I mean, physical pain is quite helpful, isn't it? With skate to make you focus. And obviously you don't get that with other stuff, but, that niggling thing saying you should give up now and you're like no and that's from skate like without skateboarding that wouldn't happen like I, I well, think that's that... The qu that that that's that, let me just 
quickly start because that's the question like um i was going to ask you it, it this drive whatever we're going to talk about whatever however we describe it is you know you said you started skating when you were nine right so was that, no, was no, that skate, no, fishing nine skateboarding like 16, okay eight. okay six 16 right so it did that did you have that before skateboarding or like is i guess the question is was this in you or did skateboarding bring it out it was in there, but nothing like it is after skate. That yeah, so came... skateboarding was what you would say that it that it came from skateboarding, which Massive is kind of what I thought you. Yeah, yeah, yeah massively. Yeah. yeah, I was driven to try and be good at things. You know, like I was quite a good little footballer. I was like, you know, academically all right. I didn't. I never wanted to push too hard. I was just like floating along, cruising. You know, and it was like skateboarding came, and it was like this is it you know like this is it it was just next level do you know what i mean it was like immediately i want to do that you know that's what this is it i need to be doing this all the time and then i was the right time as well like it was like 88 87 88 whatever like trying 86 88 that area where mini ramps were coming it was very lucky like i was in the right place we had we built a mini ramp um or like a mini vert ramp actually and that i sort of encountered skateboarding in a really good way do you know what i mean some like the older dudes where there were no skate parks really like rom i guess and then like mini ramps were sort of being built here and there but we had an indoor one in a barn it was just like we built it and it was good and we added to it and and it was just the sessions there were insane it was just a breeding ground for like i guess um it was more like it was so performance based in there like no that was like was it was a real atmosphere you know the like the bullshit that you see on the dogtown movie and it's like oh there was like this real performance like if you didn't like it get the fuck out it was like that in there and now no one knew anything about dogtown it was the same thing it was exactly that yeah. like what are you doing here if you're not going to kill yourself? You know, like, let's go. This <laughs> and then, like, snake sessions were insane. It was, it was a great, like, it was the best thing to learn. You know, it was like, if you're not here to do it, don't go. Don't be here, you know. And I met loads of, like, I still got loads of good mates from that era and met, like, I mean, that's how I got into snowboarding through that ramp. You know, it's crazy. Like I, I, I was totally anti-snowboarding for like three years at least. Like just well, no- that, that's 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 another question actually, because obviously skaters generally think snowboarding's fucking lame. But obviously, you you really, you know, you did seasons. You got oh, yeah. stuck in. So, I did where, eight, where, where, seasons. Yeah, I, and, and that's- I, I totally, I thought it was lame. Trust me. Like, well, I mean, uh, it's just it's just a thing, you know. Like, all skaters think snowboarding is lame. Yeah. Like, so, like, yeah. Well, that's but you you and fully they do it and they're like fuck. This is amazing. <laughs> that, well, fuck. This is easy. <laughs> yeah, and amazing. Yeah. No, I. So how it came about for me was, so we skate the ramp, the pig shed in Colchester in Essex, and um, we get because there were no ramps. People would come from all over the place. So we'd have like. Phil Young and those dudes from um, Harlow, Darren, and those guys would come sometimes. 
And then we'd have guys from Cambridge come in. We'd have guys, even like Jagger and that from up like Midlands would come down sometimes. And then it was rare. There was not good ramps indoors and people would come and just randomly turn up. So, and Phil was snowboarding then. And he would mention, oh, you should go snowboarding. You should go snowboarding. And I was like, fuck that. Like, I'm a snowboarder. <laughs> Why would I want to do that? Like, it's nowhere near. Like, I was, like, the way I learned to skate is not how you learn to skate. So, like, I could do inverts before I could ollie up a curb. Like, literally. <laughs> I'm still scared of ollieing up a curb at high speed. You know, like, I, I'm, I'll do an invert on a vert ramp with no pads. Yeah. But I'm, Got right, right, running at a curb fast, going, fuck, I might hang this. You know I mean? <laughs> that's how my brain works. Like, yeah, I, that's, I learned to skate in a completely wrong way around. Like, it was like, I want to learn those tricks. Why do I need to go on the street? This is just before street really came. Yeah, well, and, like you um, said, it's good. It's a great, it's a great time to get into it, isn't it? Because it's just before like that. Because yeah. I started skating three or four years later when it was basically like street skate you know we didn't have any we didn't have any ramps nearby so you would just like right let's ollie up a curb you know like it it's it's just a different it's a different way in completely isn't it you know 100 percent. so yeah i i could do airs and inverts and i couldn't ollie up a curb you know what i mean that's hilarious yeah it's crazy you know like yeah i was like doing gay twists and i couldn't even ollie but yeah so uh, getting back to the snowboarding thing so i phil would go phil i don't know whether phil was doing seasons at then but he would go snowboarding and darren and those uh, rennie i think like there was a few of those dudes are really cool guys a bit older than me not much but like they would come and they would always mention it and go oh we do you go you should come snowboarding i was like no no and i guess it was like two years and then the reason, the real reason I ended up going snowboarding was randomly because of Justin Allenson. Do you remember Justin Allenson? Yeah, yeah, I remember right. Justin. Yeah, I mean, well, proper fucking legit. Yeah, legit. Le- UK, so he, UK legend. Yeah, so he would come and skate our ramp sometimes. And this is like early days, not early days of our ramp, but like early days of mini ramps, really, when people were really learning trick, 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 you know, like Ollie Blunts was starting and that sort of stuff. And he would come, he was coming regularly. I think he lived on the airbase or near the airbase or something like that over in Watersham or wherever, Cambridge, I don't know. And he would come and he, I remember him saying one day, he was like, oh, you should come snowboarding. And I was like, nah, fuck that. And he was like, I'm going to go and do a season. I'm like, what's that? He said, you should come. And I was like, what is it? And he was like, I'm going to go and live in Chamonix. Just live there and snowboard i was like no fucking way and he was like yeah 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 and i was like nah carried on skating left it and i would say i don't know six six months maybe might have even been a year i don't know like a, a while later i went to this random i go past this shop all the time it's quite near where i live it's like a news agent and i went there to buy thrasher and thrasher was there and snowboard uk was near it and I was like, no way. And I was at the point I was doing, trying to learn stale fish or learning stale fishes on vert, right? And there was a photo, and it was a guy doing a stale fish on a snowboard. I bought Thrasher, bought Snowboard UK, went back to my house, reading for it. And it's like a fucking eight page or 10 page interview with Justin Allenson. And he's like, he's a pro snowboarder. And he, I don't know if he was on the cover, but they had this, it was, I was on Morrow. 
And I was like, no fucking way. He's a professional snowboarder. Yeah, and I was like, literally, <laughs> yeah, I took the magazine. I went to the fucking ramp. And I was like, Justin Allenton is a fucking professional snowboarder. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, he's fucking traveling around the world being a snowboarder. I said, we got to go snowboarding. Like, <laughs> and everyone was like, yeah, fuck, let's go snowboarding. Like three weeks later, we're in Avoriats falling all over the place, eating total shit. That's, they didn't even know what a lift looked like. That's fucking great. Because yeah, you posted and- that picture of you on dendex recently didn't you or maybe like last year yeah. or so like yeah so i yeah i rode dry, dry slope quite a bit so my first experience of snowboarding was in the mountains and we went to avorias and like i i loved it i don't know like we'd have no lessons no one told us what to do didn't go to dry slope rented boards went out there going fuck it we'll just do this and i was just floundering around but in that first week, like, I couldn't get on with the Pommer at all. I was just going down sideways, back, like, like it's horrific. <laughs> so I was like, avoid them like the plague. Um, but if I could get to the jump, I could do 360s. I could do, you know, I did 540s in the like, third, fourth day in. I did like 540 off a jump. And I was just like, yes, like, this is easy. I've got this. And, and actually, it was the prime time because partly Justin, partly John Cardiel, Noah Selasnik, Danny Way. Yeah, they all have pro snowboards. And I was like, yeah, okay, like these dudes are fucking legit. Like it's acceptable. And my friend, like I haven't seen Justin for years and years, years. He doesn't even know this story. And he is the reason that we went snowboarding. And then from that point on, I came back. I was like, right, I'm going to fucking get good at snowboarding. So the next year, the, the, the dry slope, season as it were like the circuit that was going on at that point was happening and i remember going to beckton literally not to ride just to watch to see the standard and i went there and i didn't know any of these dudes no i've no idea who any of them are and it was c bailey and all those and they were killing it like they were good and i just literally was like i could do this like i could get that good in six months like this isn't they're not that good. None of the I don't recognise any of the I had no respect for snowboarding at all in that way. <laughs> like, this is just tricks. This is like and it sort of is on dry slope because it's a cheese wedge that you jump off and do a trick. So yeah. it's not like riding the mountain, which is like a different ball game. Anyway, so that was it. And I just bought a board, put a couple of mates, a friend Jamie Mason, he was like good skater, similar level. We did a couple of seasons together and we Bought boards, went to dry slope. Ipswich was our local. And they didn't have a didn't even have a jump. No snowboard. A couple of snowboarders that um, are still friends of mine now, like Dave Spurden's photographer and his, his brother. Yeah, yeah. Were, yeah. Do you know Dave? So uh, no, not again. Not seen him for absolute years, but I remember Dave. Yeah. Yeah, he's a cool dude. So he, him, and his brothers would ride there, but they didn't. They weren't freestylers. They were just snowboarders, you know. So I was like, can we build some jumps? Build some jumps, blah blah blah, and then rode there. And then that's how it started. And then I, then the next year I did a season and then I, and then I was like, I did eight seasons in a row back to back. So it was right. It was just like, I was still skating, but like at the point when I really was fly, like really into snowboarding heavily, my skate, my skating sort of not died out a bit. It just, I just didn't, I wasn't skating the stuff I liked skating. It was really street orientated. I wasn't really enjoying it. And then it changed again when 
uh, we were in Borg. I was living in Borg with Kenty, and they built that ramp. I don't know if you ever yeah, that vert ramp. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I remember you did loads of stuff with Nick, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And that that place that changed it again for me for skate because I'd sort of become more of a snowboarder than a skateboarder at that point. I was still skating, but not anywhere like I did after. And then we arrived one season in Borg. I think I did, I've done, I don't know, I think I did like four or five seasons in Avoriaz Morzine and then four in um, Borg. So we arrived in Borg and someone was like, oh, there's a, there's a ramp in a barn. We're like, no way. We went down there and looked, looked through the window. And I was like, fuck, it looks perfect. It looks amazing. So we we went in the first night they opened it and all the French guys who were there, Nico and those dudes who lived there, they didn't skate that ramp. They never skated a ramp that big. They were like coming off that tiny little park in Borg. And they were like, oh, yeah, even... right. Do you remember that little concrete one? That little concrete we... one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the, which the, is little fun. Tiny pyramid. Yeah, the yeah. little flat bank and a little pyramid thing, didn't it? Yeah, that's right. And a really flat quarter pipe. Fun yeah. little thing, yeah, yeah. but like it's not much... There's not much similarity from that to a, like a <laughs> to mini vert ramp. <laughs> so we we went in, and then it was pretty clear at that that season. I think Jamie Dring. I don't know if you remember Jamie, but he's yeah, I remember Barry, him. Yeah, Barry and Jamie Dring, uh, brothers from Leon C, used to skate that park with us, and they're both good skateboarders. And um, Jamie was living there, and I was living there, and we both skated together quite a lot back in the Leon C days and both of us are capable on that type of ramp. So we started skating. They were like, well, you two can skate this fucking thing. And we're like, yeah, like they were like, you need to teach us how to skate it. And then we can, we'll let you in for free because you had to pay at that point. And then that was right. it. Like, so it was like snowboard every day, skate every night, snowboard every day, skate every night. And that I got like, I got my act together basically again on a skateboard. I got my, not my love for it because I always loved it, but it was like it was able to skate how I like to skate, you know, get fly yeah. around, get, you know, put your hand down, go upside down or whatever. And then every day going snowboarding with Kenty and Dave Cracknell and, you know, those dudes, it was great, great time. And it really, and then just after that, I guess that was probably 98, 99, maybe 2000. And then we went to Marseille and that changed everything as well to the comp. Yeah, yeah, ball riders. Oh my god, yeah, that changed my entire my entire mentality towards skateboarding, and that's sort of why I nearly I pretty much knocked snowboarding on the head. Right, I was like, I need to do that now. That I need to yeah. do that because I've got I'll be able to snowboard for a lot longer than I can do this. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And it sort of changed my mentality of being like having a good time. I was just like, I, I've got I need to skate like them. That's what I do, and I need to do that, and that's what I did. So. But it was great. It was great. Like, yeah. So, so it was a pretty, pretty reluctant. Um, I didn't journey. know that about Justin. That's so funny. I knew Phil. Yeah. I knew because obviously, I chatted to Phil before we were speaking, and he he said, "Oh yeah, you know, like pig shed, like snowboarding." Ask him about that. But I didn't realize the Justin connection. That's funny. Yeah, I don't. He wouldn't even know that. He has no, I, I've never said that to him. I've probably only seen him like twice ever since that. I heard he lives in like Dubai now or something. Is he? Like, yeah, I think so. Um, so what I was going to ask you as well is, so I did, um, you know, obviously when I do these, I usually chat to people about just to get some ideas of questions and stuff. 
and I chatted to like quite a few of our mutual friends and you know the mentoring thing comes up a lot about how you know I chatted to the Cracknell boys for example and they were both like you know looking back he was a total mentor really at a good time in my life um, and quite a few people said that um, so I guess I got a couple of questions on that the first one is you know when you were talking about those early years who who were your mentors who were you who were you looking up to and who was giving you that nobody really i don't think i don't i'm trying to think that whether there there was anyone there there i think that's why i've done, that's why i've been that guy because i'm like i fucking wish i had that guy you know what i mean i don't think there were there you know like in 1988 you're no one's saying you can be good at skateboarding. Everyone's like, you're a dick. That's <laughs> it. Like you're a dick. Why are you even skateboarding? You're like 18, 17. Why are you still doing that it's for kids? Like it's not like now where people accept that. Like, like I guess there were dudes that I looked up to going, he looked, he's a fucking rad guy, like on a skateboard. But no one was like, no one was telling you you could do it. You know, no one at all. And I, mean, I, I think that's probably why I've sort of ended up being a bit of that guy for some people. You know, I I, I do also think uh, it's nice that people would say that they felt I was a bit of a mentor, but it's also worrying because uh, they should have had better mentors than me. But um, uh, <laughs> well, you're always going to you're always going to say that, though, aren't you? But yeah, but like I think that um, because. I just felt like I, I know what I could have done had I have had that. And I've seen what I've done to other people. But 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 actually what that is, it's actually quite selfish, I think. Because my, going back to the ramp, like the pig shed, like the atmosphere in that place was fucking electric. And it was like, you're going to get it or you don't even drop in. You know, like... It was no, that was not like, everyone was friends there, but everyone was out for themselves. And it was like performance, whoever was getting it on the day, like it was good. It was, that was where my mentality comes from. And like that atmosphere and that, like even now, like some of the dudes from that ramp rebuilt a ramp this year. They're nearly 52. And like, it's been like, they're like, all we're trying to do is bring back the barn what the barn was like. These dudes like haven't even skated properly for like, they've not been like me. Like I've skated all the way through pretty much, you know, and some of that points were like fairly high level of skating, but these dudes didn't like, they literally dropped off the face of the earth, got into chemicals and off they went in the rave scene and never came back. And now they're like built this mini ramp and they're just like, I just want to do what we had there. And it's like, it's not like, not just me who feels like that about that place. And all I've ever tried to do, and I think all I've all I'm still trying to do is recreate that around me all the time. Do you know what I mean? So like people would see me as being a mentor, but I'm not I'm just trying to get them to the level where I need them to push me forward. Do you know what I mean? So that's like, why you say it's selfish. I think it's selfish, yeah. Like I see it as being like people around me maybe wouldn't see that, but I would say that the reason 
Like I see their like you know, like you were saying about you see people's potential and it's frustrating that they don't achieve it. Yeah. Well, I do that, and if they're not achieving it, they don't get in the van. Like it's that's it. <laughs> like you know, it's not like I I need to do that. You know, like and I I, I think. And that is really selfish. It, it, like when you think about it and you think about how that comes across, you're like, what a wanker. Do you know what I mean? Because he's like, why would you? Yeah. But I ha- that's how it works for me. And also I think it's really beneficial for all of the other guys in the van or in the house or wherever, you know, like it's a good combo. Like that, that energy is, it's hard to replicate. Like I, you've probably been in skateboard sessions and snowboards. I don't know whether that like, I'm not a good enough surfer to know whether that happens in surf, but like, I know you can't, like, in skate, you can't hide. You cannot pretend you're good at skateboarding. You can't. Like, you're standing next to each other. You can immediately see as soon as someone stands on a board whether they can do it or not. And then when it's going, when the session's going, like, it's pretty hard to beat. You know, like, I don't play music, but I'm guessing if you're in a band, you probably know that when the vibes come in and people are doing the, yeah. all the things and it's all coming together, it's got to be some kind of feeling similar to that, I guess. But like, well, it's a, coll- trying... it's a collective, it's a collective feeling you're talking about, isn't it? Like it's, yeah. um, it's a feeling that you get where like, it's a group of people experiencing something collectively and it, it raises them higher, which sounds like yeah. the cheesiest fucking thing ever, but it is true. And like it, you do get that from these scenarios that you're describing and you can get it from anywhere. And that is, that is a really, that's the thing that is great about these things that we've all dedicated our lives to, isn't it? That feeling essentially. Yeah. And I think they're a a vehicle to that, aren't they? You know? Yeah. And that's why I'm saying about me being like, some people might say that's I'm mentoring other dudes to get them to do stuff. But Part of that is like, I want you to do it because I know you can do it. But also I'm like, if you do that, I'm going to have to fucking do something too. You know, like, it's like, <laughs> like, it's like that whole thing is like, with, when you talk about mentoring, like I'm sure Ramers would have come up in the conversations with whoever you've spoken to. Yeah, about definitely. Me. Yeah. Because like he, he achieved like incredible, like level of skateboarding. And like that whole thing, that's not like you can't make someone that good, but you can definitely facilitate. You can make them better. Like we definitely made him better. It's not just me, like Carl Blackwell. I mean, I, like people looked at when when Ben first came. So we, at that point, I was on a, like it was after Marseille. I'd started skating. I was skating properly as far as I like in my head. I'm like. I'm going to skate as hard as I possibly can and do everything I possibly can to get it as long as I possibly can. And at that point, I was just before Duff's. I started riding for Airwalk back in snowboarding, like through Johnny Weeks. Um, And I was snowboarding for Airwalk. And at that point, Airwalk had Tony Hawk, Runglifberg, Steve Berra was on the team, Rowley, all had pro... Well, Bearer's shoe didn't come out, but all of those dudes were on it. And I'm like, who have you got on the skate team? Oh, we don't have a skate team. I'm like, why? You're like, surely, you know, like, you must 
get you should have skateboarders on it and then i basically sort of blagged it and said well i'll put some people on i know people so i sort of walked into that and then i was doing airwalk so i was looking for kids like you couldn't get anyone good on airwalk no one wanted to touch it with a fucking barge pole it was already on the slide do you know what i mean like in snowboarding it was fairly legit but in skate Within six months of me going on, like, Airwalk, Tony Hawk left. Like, um, Berra didn't even come on properly. Rune Glyphberg had gone. Jeff Rowley left. It was like they were all jumping the ship, and I was like, I I didn't care really because I was like, I've got an opportunity here to learn how to do this thing. And I, I couldn't really put heavy hitters on it because no one wanted to go on. And I had to find kids who were good that no one knew about. And then I met Carl Wilson, who, like, he was not good, but he was, like, like psycho, you know? Like, he was trying things he shouldn't have even tried, and he would land it once and then go on to the next. You're like, this kid's either going to die or he's going to get really good quite quickly. You <laughs> yeah. know, like, he'd, like, do a front board down a little rail, and then he'd front blunt it, like, the next go. And if he didn't make the front blunt, then he'd try a front, and he'd do one front blunt, he'd write front blunt shove. you like what's wrong with this fucking yeah. kid? You know, like, why? <laughs> like, just do a front board and get it down. No, he just do it yeah. once and then on. And he, and evidently he didn't really hurt himself too much and he got pretty fucking good. So ended up being a pro skateboarder, but like, so he was maybe 14, 15, 16. I don't know. It's pretty young. And then we started traveling a bit together. And then I, someone told me about Ben and they were like, you got to go and check this kid out. Like, he's a little tiny kid. He's rad. And it was Walton on the Nays. And this is a shitty town. I don't know if you know Essex. But, like, you've got Clacton Pier and Walton Pier. And Walton Pier is a little bit even more run down than Clacton. And um, he lived right next to it, a little skate park. We turned up there. He's a little chav kid. He's, like, 12. And um, he wasn't, to be fair, it was like, it was, I remember it really clearly because it was like um, this kid had asked a question to every guy that's been to there and said, teach me how to do that trick. So he did like, he could do early grab frontside air and a good boneless, he did a really good boneless. And then, but then he did a nolly pressure flip. And then right. he'd do a kick flip. And you're like, <laughs> who the fuck taught this kid a pressure flip? Like, no, I can do them. But I spent two years of my life going two miles an hour learning them, you know, like kids don't yeah, learn yeah. them now. But he had these yeah. like, in every part of the little park that he skated, he had a trick that was like taught to him by some random guy. Do you know what I mean? Right. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is really strange. Like, and from the first day, um, I remember he did a couple of things. He wasn't like, don't get me wrong. He was not good. And there was no like, wow, this guy's going to be fucking amazing. Not at all. He was just a cheeky little kid. And I remember him, like, he could do flips, he could do kick flips and whatever. And then I remember meeting his mum that day. She came down with his lunch. And uh, we were only there for, like, two hours. And she came down with, like, sat pack, pack lunch. And um, so I, I thought, I've, I've got to talk to his mum. So that, that all of, like, Ben, uh, Carl and that were like, we should get this kid in the van, you know? Like, let's get him out with us and see what he's like. Because he's, he's pretty rad. He's funny. Like, because he would... Carl would try something and he'd literally try it right behind him. Like just Right. And then yeah, it was really quite he's a cheeky kid, you know, like it's just like yeah. real confident little thing. And 
And I said to his mum, I said, look, you know, we're not weirdos. This is what we do. Like I travel yeah. around, I'm a skateboarder, blah, blah, blah. I'd be psyched if that like, looks like your kid wants to, you know, he, he looks like he could be quite good. If you're cool, he can come out with us a couple of times and see how he goes. Because we did it with a few kids, like younger kids, where they often freeze, you know, especially at that stage where we were really getting stuck in. You turn up at a park and go ballistic, you know. It wasn't like we were there to cruise around. We were like, right, we're going to get there. We're going to shut this fucker down and leave, you know. Like, that's what we're going to do. So a 12-year-old kid might well go, I'm just going to sit down with all the other 12-year-old kids and watch these lunatics do their thing, and then I'll have a skate afterwards. But he never did. He just saw it was like, oh, they're my mates, and they're going to skate, so I'll skate with them. You know, and it was like, it was amazing because it was like after the first couple of times he came out, we he was basically looked after by us every weekend. We'd pick him up on a Friday and drop him off on a Sunday night. And, um, yeah, he was just with us for then the next, I don't know, five years, seven, seven years. And we turned him into a fucking beast. It was, it was like having a... Frankenstein's monster, but like just going, he's like, how, how do you do that? And you'd be like, just like, so you grab there, do this, whatever. And then like two goes later, he's doing it better than you can. And then right. like, we'd li- we'd leave him. Like I remember, cause he had a, it was strange. He had a, like an eating disorder where he'd be sick. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He had an eating disorder. Like his mum was like, he's really angry. He's really angry. And I'm like, now knowing his background and you know he had a lot of shit going on then from a really early age you know his mum's sort of borderline alcoholic and his sister and his brothers are like sort of looking after themselves it was a tough tough for her tough for all of them and all of them living in a little one-bedroom flat you know prospects don't look good so for him to do all of the stuff he did was incredible and in the background of that it's always there and I remember we would literally pick him up because he was in there full time. And I pick him up on a Friday and we had to chuck, we literally chuck him over the fence on a Sunday night. Cause we'd always be too late. <laughs> and we would like, like, like launch him over the fence into this little center, which looked after kids who were having with, with eating disorders. And, um, cause we were like, mate, you've got to sort this out. Look, he's 13 years old, 14 years old. And we're like, you, so what essentially to... bul- bulimia? Like, yeah, it was sort of like that, but not, yeah, it was a similar thing. I, I, to be honest, I don't know what it technically was technically was called, but he would he wouldn't be able to keep food down. It wouldn't be like he's sticking his fingers down his throat. But it, I, I think partly with adrenaline with skate as well, and he's angry. Like he he wasn't angry with us, but he was just like fucking. He wanted it bad, you know. And he was the right time for him to be around us. Yeah, and we were like him, but older, and it gave him a, yeah. like an outlet that he could be him. And not be this pain in the ass for his mum, just this angry little kid that luckily found skateboarding and then found the crew yeah. to drive him around and let him be him, you know? And yeah, he just Yeah. I don't know what it was, but he he did sort it out. Like he he wouldn't eat enough or he, he'd eat bad he had no education on that. Like he didn't have any of that. So he didn't have the support network and we became his support network. You know, yeah. me especially because I'm the guy with the house and the car and the other and and the crew were like his brothers as well. Like we were like his brother and his dad all rolled into one, really. So um, yeah, it's 
But there was no like, I don't know, like people would go, oh yeah, well, because I was the guy that turned up with him. I was like, we we knew what we were creating. Like we knew yeah. we were making a monster with him. I was going to say, like, that was what I was going to ask you, like, because obviously what he achieved is, you know, so remarkable. Like, did you, early on, did you, were you like, okay, like this? Yeah. This, uh, uh, this yeah, not, yeah, not really, not like within the first couple of weeks or months or whatever, but I was like, I've seen good skateboarders for a long time and I can see yeah, you can, the traits. You can spot them. <laughs> yeah, you can see the traits of the, the, the potential more yeah. than the actual ability. You know, like the mentality that's needed to be really, really good. Uh, he had it, for sure. And then he was around the right people. And also, like, I fed him all the right stuff. Like, I fed... like. The first video I gave him was a deluxe video with TNT in it. It was like when he's like 13 or 14 or 15. <laughs> and it's like, you need to see this guy because he's, he's, you want to skate like him, you know? Yeah. Had I have given him a different video, he might have been a different skateboarder. I don't know. But like, I was like, these are the videos you need to watch. These are, this is how you need to skate. Or, and then we would literally leave him and go, right, these, work on these things. Not like a project, like, do this. And then like, he was, and he would literally ask when he got out of the van, he'd be like, what should I do now? What should I work on now? And we'd drop him off and he'd go straight back to the skate park and carry on. Like, we're fucked. And he's like, because he's like 12, 14, just like yeah. unlimited energy. Don't want to be at home. I'll go there. You know? And yeah, I, I remember saying to people going, we've got the one, the new Andy Scott. You know, I would say like, he's like, Andy, and like Andy Scott's best skateboarder in the world, basically. But it, Ben was like that. You know, you knew, like, he would do things like Andy does the same and still does, that he he didn't even know he was doing it. Tom Penny does the same. Like, I've skated with all of those dudes, and where they're that fucking good, they don't know what they're doing. They just do it. <laughs> You know, they've got an idea and it just ha like, I can't do that. I'm nowhere near as good as that, you know? Like, it's work for me to learn anything. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And, like, when they're – and it's an amazing thing to watch. Like, and I, it's, it was – like, to me, I'm, I'm gutted about what happened with Ben, but I'm so pleased that I was able to be involved in his life and watch him become that guy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It yeah, was, I mean, uh, you must be. It's 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 a cheesy thing to say, but you must have been fucking really proud. Yeah, it was amazing. It was like, like it was like, but he was like, he's a strange, strange kid because he had no fucking concept of what. It, it, very similar to Andy in the. I, know I mentioned them two a lot together because they are similar. They don't know how good they are, like. And he'd always be like, oh, my God, that was fucking amazing. And you'd be like, you just did that. And he didn't recognize what he had done was far better than what you had done. You know, <laughs> like he, he had no idea of the concept of like, and he, it's just, I don't know, for someone who has to work for every trick like me, it's mind blowing to real, to not to, to, to see that they don't understand how good they are. You know, like I remember, like well, it's like a there's like a purity to it, isn't there? You know, yeah, it's, real, it's incredible. 
Sorry, go on, you were going to say. I, I remember, like, t- I, we taught in 540s. None of us could do 540s at that point. None of us do, did them. And he did it. He was 13. And I remember, like, I'm like, he's going to fucking do this. He's going to do a McTwist. <laughs> and then, and like, <laughs> he's going to do one. Like, it's a tiny little vert ramp. I'm like, he's going to do one. And he did one padless before yeah. he was 14. You know, like, and you're like, and you were like, uh, it was, it was incredible. It was incredible. And he was just so, no ego, none. Like, you can learn a lot from him. You, I, I learned some shit from him. But he doesn't know that. And he will never know it now. But like, he, you, everyone's got an ego. And you need an ego to achieve some things. And he just didn't, he didn't even get it. He didn't even care. And that, and I think that's where it all started going a bit pear-shaped for him was he just wanted it to be like it was. And then he became like this beast that everyone worldwide knew. Like, he was not that guy. He didn't want to be the man. He didn't want everyone to go, well, you know. And that's what, like, ultimately I think was the biggest thing for him mentally and ended up with him taking his own life was that, for us, or for normal people, skateboarding is like an outlet for when we're frustrated and we're, we just need to escape. And it definitely was his escape for many years. And then when you're a professional skateboarder and everybody who rides a skateboard pretty much in the world knows who you are, there's no escaping anymore. Because you, and now, you turn up, it, Ben, like, even him in cruise mode doing nothing was better than 99.9% of the skate population of the world. So if he turns up to skate park and just rolls around, every f- fucking person's there's like, whoa, Ben Ramers is here. Phone out, let's film him. What are you going to do? Like, there's no escape there. There's no outlet for your frustration. There's no outlet for you just being you. Like. They're not doing it in a nasty way, but just by having that on you all the time, like it's a tough game to be in being a professional skateboarder, especially now with so many dudes coming through on such a high level. It's the same with anything, surf, snowboarding, whatever. Like if you get to the level where you're a pro nowadays, you must be just looking at Instagram going, what the fuck? Because, mm. like, these dudes who you've never heard of are better than you and you don't know who they are, you don't know where they live, you don't, they don't even have a sponsor some of the time, and you're like, I'm on limited time here, you know? Yeah. And that's hard, I think. And I, I'm not saying that was a factor for Ben, but the, the biggest factor for Ben was that escape element, I think, was long gone. You know, like yeah, right. That's it, that's what I was going to say. So that that reason that he that it was so good for him in the early days, once he achieved that success, basically was not part of it anymore. Yeah, yeah, and that's the biggest thing. the The most important element of doing it, really. Like, it's great that you get good, and it's great you earn money, and you're great you travel the world. But ultimately, we're all doing it for the selfish reason of you want to do it for you. You know, I mean, you might well do tricks for people and for money and for the video part or whatever, but you still really, you can tell, you know, I think that you can tell when you're not doing it for you. 
you know, and I think that that's that's tough. Like, and I think like we were really close, and I think that when he came closer to the end of his life, he he kept us all at arm's length on purpose because we'd call him out on that shit. We like, like he kept us away for the last couple of years quite a lot. We weren't anywhere. No, I mean to be to be fair, he had like ten years of traveling around the world with the other guys, so we weren't like a tight unit like we were for the first ten years of his skate career. Do you know what I mean? Or first seven or eight years. So, but he would always come back and skate with us, or we'd hook up and go places or whatever. And you know, I you can see the hindsight's marvelous, isn't it? You can see patterns, and you can see how you could get there and how he could end up where he ended up and it's just a bit of a, it's a tragedy that it did end up like that but hopefully with what Lucy's sister and everyone's doing with the foundation it's gonna I mean that's that's the biggest thing it's like something positive's got to come out of it and that has got to be it and it is and they're doing a fantastic job and it's uh it's great to see so many people sort of backing that, you know. And she's done, like Lucy, his sister, she's a bit younger than him, and she's done an unbelievable job to keep her shit together and do what yeah. she's done. It's amazing, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it, was a, it was a real privilege to be involved in what he did, you know. I think, like, all of us, it's still hard. It's still fucking hard, you know. Just even talking about it now is pretty heavy. But it's like... There's so many positives of him being involved in my life and our lives, like me, Blackwell, Carl, Adam, all of those dudes who skate with him all the time. And it's like, it's it's hard to like look at it in a negative way. But you, it, it, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure, but like nearly all of us now have got some kind of involvement with some guy or some girl who's taken their own life, and it's a fucking frustrating thing to deal with yeah well there's a lot of there's a lot of guilt there's a lot of guilt as well i found like you know good mutual friend of ours also took his own life uh, nelson obviously and yeah you know i was i was i was good friends with nelson and um i just i just felt really i mean it's 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 not logical at all you know it's not rational but i just felt really and it must be really common i just felt really guilty because you know Mm. when i look back and like you say hindsight is is uh is a really wonderful thing but i just was there was a couple of occasions that suddenly made a lot of sense you know that i just hadn't clicked at all yeah you know i'd 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 had a couple of situations where i'd when 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 it unfolded as it did i was just a bit like fuck you know but that's silly because because you know obviously those anything i could have done in those situations probably wouldn't have made any difference to to what he was ultimately going through you know to take such a sort of momentous mm. decision but yeah man when you're close to people and this happens it's 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 very very difficult isn't it it's not an yeah. easy thing to to get your head around at all no no but i, I like 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 i say like i feel really um privileged to have had any involvement in that and i know like to try not to put a positive spin on it because there is no positive spin on that. But the, my memories of what Ben brought to what we, our lives were like when we started skating together, it would be like, I, I was on a mission and I'm the older guy. I'm the fucking guy who was the team manager. 
Like I don't, most team managers don't even get stuck in. I'm like, I'm getting stuck in like I'm on the team, like, I, I, like harder, you know, like it's like, this is my ticket to carry on doing this as long as I can. That's what I want to do. And I would all like, initially I would be the guy who did the best trick and then it would be Carl and me sometimes. And then it would be Ben and Carl and me sometimes. And then it would be never me. You know, as this time went on, it would be like, I, I did the best trick I've ever done and it would never be near, even near the best <laughs> trick of the day. And then it would be just Carl and Ben, Carl, Ben, and then Ben, Ben, and then sometimes Carl. And you're like, holy shit, this guy is just like firing. And we've created this beast and he's making all of us better and we're all skating better on a better level. And we're like, he's got to go. Like I remember keeping him out of the magazines and not taking him to competitions on purpose. Cause I'm like, really? I, yeah, 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 for sure. Like we didn't, the first, the first thing he had in the magazine was a 14 page interview in Kingpin. He didn't have anything in sidewalk. We hold him back. And Richie Hobson shot most of that. And like Richie had seen him with us. And in that interview, he had like, 15 stair handrails. He's 13, I think. A padless, a padless 540, 15 stair handrails, front side inverts. You know, like you name it, he had it in there. And you're like, who the fuck is that kid? Like we knew we yeah. made that kid, but like that was the idea. That was the aim. It was like make everybody in Europe, not just England, go, who the fuck's that kid? You know, and that that's where... Like, that's how I remember the whole thing, you know? And, like, I just remember, mate, like, being around that and just, I remember, like, literally remember him. We took him to, where the fuck was it? Weymouth, right? Little mini ramp, small vert ramp under a little roofy type thing. Skate park, not great skate park. We ended up going down there for the weekend. And he wouldn't even fucking drop in. Like he was 12 and he's on the platform and his hands shaking and he was pretending he was ill. And remember he sat there in the corner. He was like, I said, you're right. And he's like, I don't feel very well. He's like, you're fucking scared. And he was like, no, I just don't feel very well. I said, just <laughs> drop in then. And he was just like, no, I don't feel very well. And I was like, you're fucking scared. And he did, he wouldn't do it. And in the end he did do it. Six months later, he did a padless 540. It was like, you know, it's just, it was incredible to watch. And like, it was, in, it is just a, and the nicest guy, like you can't, from where he came from, which is a pretty harsh environment. Yeah. Like, I know, like, I know that for a fact that he didn't like the enjoy dudes making him, like at first it was okay because he was young. And then he was like, I don't want to be that guy anymore. Don't want to be the laughing stock guy. Like, I'm a dumbass. Because he wasn't a dumbass. Do you know what I mean? He was like, everything was amazing. Like, I know all of the Yanks always say, like, oh, Ben was like, oh, this is amazing, amazing. And it was, it literally was to him. Like, he was like, whoa. Like, that's what, you know, like like that. Oh, you probably heard the, that story, the shark story from the fucking Marseille trip. That he... That is Ben. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, that's Ben. Like, he, like it was the first time we went on a plane. Like, we didn't, he wasn't even on the team. And I'm like, 
I'm going to take Ben to Marseille because he needs to see people skate like this. He's only seen us, and we're not as good as that lot. And we all need to be, be – he needs to come. But I can't take him on the budget because I've got – he's not even on the team. We didn't even make shoes in his size. And he was like, I'll wear like three pairs of socks and I'll just wear them. And you're like, <laughs> like I think this is like a size three and we did size six. And like we sold extra pairs of shoes and got him on a flight. And it was fucking amazing. Yeah, he's literally on the plane, never been on the plane. Like he's this little scumbag from Walton. And it's like so we start the, the plane. You've probably heard it. The plane starts. And he's sitting there and it's, we're going up the runway and he's going, whoa, whoa. What like it's like it's fucking on a roller coaster, and it takes <laughs> off, and he was going, "Whoa!" He says, "We're flying, we're flying," and everyone's around us going, "What the fuck is wrong with this kid?" <laughs> like, and we're all like, "What's he doing?" And we start flying, and then and then we're like, "Calm down, man, fucking chill out." And anyway, so he's just like <laughs> looking out the window, he's like, he's buzzing, like he's never like he's freaking out. And then we come in, and as we turn like this big bank turn over the med to land at Marseille. And uh, he, he's, he's in the window seat and he's like, no. He went, shock, shock. <laughs> and like, like the whole fucking plane's like, whoa, what the fuck? And they're looking out the window and there's like the shadow of the plane. And it's like <laughs> over the sea. Yeah. And we're like, it's the fucking shadow of the plane. He's like, oh, he's just like completely died inside. He's shrunk in his seat. And, That's um, fucking yeah. brilliant. It was amazing. And then that that's my, one of my favourite memories of him. And also, um, on the same trip, like, we would skate all day. Comp was going off. It was fucking amazing. And then we'd get pissed at night, hang out in the pub, and then walk back. But Ben would carry on skating because he was too little to come to pub. And we'd go back to skate park and walk back. And we literally carried Pete King back one night. <laughs> he, was, he was off his fucking head. And we virtually carried him back to hotel and he uh he was shouting and fucking just being a pest and ben was like harry helping carrying him back and then uh we get back to the airport to fly back and um ben's mum like gave him 20 quid or 20 20 euros and he literally spent like, i didn't spend a penny we just paid for everything while he was there he didn't have to buy anything and he just spent 20 euros on on haribo and just fucking like was down in these fucking suites and he just went mad. Like he literally got on the plane. He was like, oh, you're like, mate, I said, you've had too much sugar, Ben. Like, chill the fuck out. And we had known him a while. I guess we'd known him like a year and a half, two years at that time, a year. And um, I was like, chill the fuck out. I said, give me the, give me the sweets. And he went, no. I said, give me <laughs> give the me fucking sweets. Sweet. Yeah. And he went, no. I said, if, like, I'm not your mum. Give me the sweets or I'm going to knock you out. And he was like, no. And I said, try me once more. Give me the fucking sweets. He hands them over and he was all like, and I said, get this guy some water. Give him some water. I said, drink that water and shut the fuck up. Don't say anything. <laughs> I, so he didn't say anything for the whole flight. And all of us were a bit pissed off because he'd been a bit of a dickhead on the, on the plane. Um, like just being, just jumping around and just being silly because he was sugar, sugar high. We get off the plane. All sitting there waiting, and everyone's a little bit tired and a little bit pissed off, and a little bit like, "Fucking that kid was a bit of a pain in the ass today." And he stood in front. He said, "I want to say something to everybody," and we were all like, "What?" Like, so he stands in front. There's like six of us, and we're all sitting there, all a bit over him. And he stands up and he says, "Look, um, 
I want to say something to everyone. And we, and they were like, yeah. And he said, I've realized something. Um, when you lot get pissed, you turn into dicks. And when I eat too many sweets, I turn into a dick. So I'm really sorry about that. And I really want to come on another trip with you lot. And we were just like, fuck, what do you say to that? You know, like, it's like, this yeah. kid's the best. Wow. Like, that was it. And it was like, that was, not not that was it. He was in the van forever. But like, how do you not love that kid? Yeah, that's lovely. What? That's a lovely that's brilliant. story. Yeah. yeah. And it was, and that was him. That was him right until he died. You know, like he didn't, he wasn't any different when he was 29 than what he was when he was 30. He yeah, was like, that's really, that's really lovely, man. Yeah. And it's a, like, that's my memory. Do you know what I mean? Like that's like, to me, that's who Ben was and who he is, yeah. who he is to me, you know, still that kid. It's so rad. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Man. So we're, I knew this was going to be a long one. I could tell, like I said, when we were like 45 minutes in and we'd not even mentioned skateboarding. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, my man, this is said, great. I said, oh, I'll do the We Look Sideways podcast. He's like, fuck, how long's he got? Two days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gareth was the same. He was like, yeah, how long? He's like, you might want to clear the decks for this one. Yeah. Um, no, man, I'm fucking psyched been, you been... and Gareth have met, though. That's rad. That's really cool. Well, you know, just through, as in the 2020 way, just through, just through yeah. messages and that. Yeah. Um, yeah, mate. But thanks so much for doing it. It's been great. It's been a long no time worries. coming. We've been talking. We've been talking about this for yeah. a couple of years now. I like, we? I like, mate. I'm psyched on what you're doing. It's great. And like, thanks, it, man. It's real. It's real. I feel a little bit undergunned from some of the guests you've had on. They're much more interesting than me. Yeah, so like, don't be silly. It's, it's great. Silly. It's great. And it's really keep doing what you're doing. Add the ads if you need to. Fuck them. Uh, I'm not going to add the ads. I got. I take got, no I got notice fucking... of anyone. I got ripped for that because someone, someone was like, oh, you just did that to, to get some donations in. Um, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it probably does look like that. Nah, I'm not going to do the ads. I just, it's just interesting, isn't it? Because I've been doing it a few years now, nearly four years. And um, yeah, it's just interesting to see like what people think of that. It's quite, I was quite, I'm... it's always quite surprising, like how, because people are quite protective of the fact that it's got no ads. Which is, I think which it's is... great that it doesn't have, but in reality, man, I listen to a lot of podcasts and nearly all of them have some kind of ad, right? It's rare that they don't. Yeah. And if they don't have ads, they're subscribers. So you're paying something anyway. And at the end of the day, like the content's the key. Your content's sick. Like people, it's interesting stories from like, not me, but relatively interesting uh, people. Oh, you nearly said it. Like, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that's the key. Like if you, your content is there, you're good. I think it's great, man. I'm like, I really I appreciate I'm, it, mate. I'm, Thank I'm you. I mean, it's doing it someone needs to do it. It comes from the inside. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. I mean, it's funny because what you, you know, what we were talking about earlier with when you were talking about the way that you did your businesses and stuff. And I was kind of saying like, it took me a while to learn how to approach things that were suited me best. Like with this thing, I've just been pretty determined, like not to just not to chase anything with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like not, not, yeah. not to be like, right, I'm going to like do this thing and it's got to like lead somewhere. I just, yeah. so with the ads thing, I'm, 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 I'm pretty pragmatic about it really. Like the way the Patagonia thing worked out was really quite nice and natural. And, um, yeah, if if something good comes up, then we'll see. Really, yeah. yeah. 
Well, keep doing. Well, yeah, what you're man. Doing, thanks, thanks, thanks so much for doing it, mate. It's been it's been really great. I really enjoyed no, it. No, no worries, man. Really appreciate anyone listening to the bollocks I've got to spout. But uh, yeah, psyched on it, mate. Keep doing what you're doing. Love it. So there you go. That was me and Munson. I hope you enjoyed it. What an absolute legend, eh? And what a brilliant perspective. Like I said at the beginning, I'm really, really grateful to Mark for coming on the show and also for the kind words about this thing that I'm doing. And also just for being so open, especially about Ben, which I think you'll agree was a really lovely, poignant and uh, beautiful, affecting listen. Thanks, Mark. Next time I'll come up to Essex and you can take me carp fishing. Eh? That should be a laugh. All right, then. Housekeeping corner. And yet it's book time, really. So at the end of the conversation there, we were talking about brands and ads. And that was all inspired by a chat I started on Instagram about that, which turned into quite the debate, really. I'm really enjoying the way the chat unfolds on Instagram at the minute. I'm over at We Look Sideways if you want to follow and, you know, get involved, send me a message. Plenty of people are doing that at the minute. Be warned, I do share them on stories, which is how these debates keep kicking off. But yeah, anyway, I've been asking people if they'd give a shit, basically, if I did proper ads on this show or started working with more brands. Not because I'm going to start doing the old Squarespace bollocks, but, you know, like I was saying to Mark, I've been thinking about it for a while and there's got to be some interesting way of using this platform to work with brands. And all of that leads me to Segway Alert, the book update, which I just mentioned. Now, I can't even remember last time I talked about this on here. I'm going to be honest, though, things have shifted on quite significantly. I know that much since I did last talk about it. To recap... The book is called Looking Sideways, Volume 1. It's by me and Owen, Owen Tozer. I'm going to guess it's 250 pages. I can't actually remember off the top of my head. But, you know, it's between 250, 300 pages. I'm going to say it's a deep dive, twat, into the Californian road trip we did last year. And it's a showcase for Owen's truly amazing photography. But it's also a look at Californian action sports culture through the eyes of me, and the frankly amazing cast of guests we've got who've contributed some really brilliant pieces and essays, including Jamie Brissick, Ed Lee. I've got Jeff Johnson on Jamie Thomas, Chaz Smith, Lauren Hill, Demi Taylor, Ben Mundy, Ben Powell of Sidewalk. Dibby done me an essay about her life with Herbie Fletcher. I've got Craig Peterson talking about Huntington Beach. I've got Todd Richards about Chris Cote. You get the picture. I really have been lucky enough to get the best writers in the game on board for this thing. So we're really chuffed without its looking. And, uh, you know, that's all credit to Owen because he's designed the thing as well as take all the pictures. It looks brilliant, as you'll expect if you know Owen's work. He did do the, the branding for Looking Sideways as well. So if you're a regular listener and you're a regular housekeeping corner listener, you'll know that I've been frankly harping on about this book for at least a year now. Last time I updated... I was chatting about how we sorted out the sponsorship deal with Vero, the social network, and that has really taken the pressure off financially and meant we could just focus on putting out the best thing we could rather than dedicate loads of time to, you know, Kickstarter or fundraising or doing pre-orders, which is another full-time job, really, if you want to do something like that well. And yeah, now the end is in sight. We're nearly done. Just waiting for the last couple of pieces, final round of um, corrections and an edit, and then we're just going to print the fucking thing. How's that, eh? So I've been working out with Vero the details of how we do the next bit, which is sell it, obviously. So we're going to do an initial print run, fairly conservative one, I think, initially, 
numbers wise because we've got absolutely no idea who's going to buy it but hoping it's going to be out in mid or late february at this point it's going to cost around 30 quid i reckon although again not finalized that and for the first month and this bit is important it's going to be available to buy through vero now as i mentioned previously vero is a social network essentially it's an app on your phone um it's ad free algorithm free and they don't harvest any data from people which is obviously bit of a deal breaker in this situation for me it's basically people just sharing links books films other interesting stuff and also selling stuff this is you know i'm getting to the point in the marketplace part of the app so we're going to sell it there for the first month and all going well you should be able to pre-order the book through my profile on vero from early january now essentially what i've done here is made vero the exclusive online retailer for the first month now it's important to say at this point you will need to sign up for a profile to buy it but i figure it's a pretty fair trade given how much flexibility and creative freedom we've been given to just make this thing now i've been lucky enough to make a living working with brands and collaborating with agencies for my entire career really and i've got to say this is the most hands-off i've ever known a brand to be in this situation they pretty much said yeah you know you know what you're up to here's some budget get it done crack on let us know when you're good to go and that let me tell you is pretty rare which is what why we ended up deciding to work with them really um so yeah i'll be sharing further info and links and details about the whole thing through my newsletter and through social media but at the minute that's how it's going to work basically so yeah follow me over at we look sideways on instagram I mean, that's why everyone calls it the We We Look Sideways podcast. It's not that. It's the Looking Sideways podcast. Anyway, uh, or sign up for the newsletter over at www.wearelookingsideways.com. Okay, that's also confusing. I'll grant you that. Um, you know, I'm going to be posting all the information on those two channels. And then when the, re the pre-order, should I say, link is live, you know, maybe buy one. Help us get the thing out there. And while you're at the website, have a gander at the web, you know, the show notes, the archive. While you're at it, segue alert indeed. All right, that's it from me. Big thanks for listening as ever. And to Munson the legend for coming on the show. I'll be back next week. See you then. Nice one. <laughs>